Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined on the phone by JP Ong, whose hair is Good longer afternoon. than it was on Monday. Huh? <laughs> It'll be longer even tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I am starting. I don't know about you. Even though I am coming to work every day, I am starting to feel a little bit of the cabin fever everyone is talking about. You, so- wanna, you want cabin fever? Try doing uh, your report from a uh, room. <laughs> with just a with a fan and being shafted, we're gonna get a lot of a lot of wind in. But that's just my predicament. I'll survive. You'll survive. Well, it looks like it is a shade of green. We have to decide if it is a strong shade of green or a pastel green on the markets across the region today. But it looks more up than anything else. So that's I, that's a good start. Yeah, I'd say it's a decent shade of green, perhaps just a touch on the light side, but it's good nonetheless. I mean, especially here in Singapore, the Straits Times Index up by about 11 points. Can you believe that we're actually on the verge of maybe three straight days in the green or three straight days of gains? 2,574 is where the straight times index is trading so far. Value turnover is still looking uh, as it has for most of the, the trading week, just over 550 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. The region itself also fairly and cautiously confident and a few losers actually. You do have the Nikkei 225, which is offline today. There is another holiday in Japan, which is why traders in Tokyo are taking uh, the day off. And there's not going to be a lot of action out of Japanese markets so far today. But the ASX 200 is up by about 1% down under in Australia. 5,364 is the level where the Sydney benchmark is at the moment. We have seen signs of oil prices starting to stabilize once again, uh, with industry watchers saying that the global storage capacity, which everyone fears might start to fill up, in the next coming weeks because of this growing supply glut. It's not filling up at the, at the as quick a pace as many were actually hoping for. This probably is lending some support for the ASX 200 in Australia so far today. It's a modest day again for markets out in mainland China. Shanghai Composite up by about 0.4%. The Shenzhen board's just a little shyer, but they're also in the green up by 0.2%. They're just dipping their toes into the gainers pool so far today. The Korean coffee in South Korea today rising by about 1% so far. And the Hang Seng in Hong Kong also in the green, but also looking a bit cheapish. Up, though, by about 50 points out in Hong Kong, 24,629. So the mood has started to improve once again. And I think a lot of this also comes down to the expectations that the month of May will start to see some of these punishing lockdown measures seen across the region and also across Europe and the U.S. start to be less, uh, um, uh, start to be loosened up. Uh, just uh, yesterday, we actually heard that Austria in uh, in Europe is planning to allow social gatherings of le- of about 10 or less people already. They believe that they've actually controlled uh, the spread out there. The China- China's National People's Congress has set their meeting for May, end of May, and they've also said that they've emphatically controlled the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic out there. So this giving some relief to some markets, but earnings still very much one of the focuses that fo- uh, one of the uh, areas of focus this week and over the next coming weeks, especially because it will give us a better idea of how badly some of these companies have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, including here in Singapore. Just today, it's going to be rather busy also. Keppel Corporation is set to release their earnings. Capital and Commercial also is expected to release their earnings. And tomorrow, we're getting the likes of DBS and Capital and Mall set to release their earnings. So it picks up here in Singapore also. And what some of the big questions are, how badly are these companies going to get hit? 
Will this impact their dividends, especially when it comes to the banks? And how are they all going to factor in the increasing uh, credit, uh, the possible loan defaults, especially for the banks here? And also uh, how this is going to, how the extension of the COVID-19 circuit breaker measures will impact their outlook for the second quarter. There's a lot to assess and still a lot of questions to be answered. But let's, let's give it to the market today and traders. They are breathing a sigh of relief. And at least for markets here in Singapore, they're making it three straight days in the green, which I guess is a good sign. And I hope that they keep it going. It is a short week after all. It's nice to sure. end on a, week, on a win and they only have a day and a half left to go. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And right before the end of April also. But uh, some have questioned because, uh, why there is this diversion or this disconnect between the increase in share prices over the month of April versus, uh, despite the fact that everyone's expecting the economy or the global economy to get even worse. We even heard from the Monetary Authority of Singapore yesterday saying that there is a good chance that the local economy could be even hit harder than that negative 4% worst case scenario they had, uh, which they released earlier this month because of the extension of the circuit breaker measures, because we're going to see construction perhaps also impacted and also some of the service sectors while some of these uh, foreign workers and migrant workers continue to serve stay home notices in other dormitories and the number of cases there continue to rise. What kind of drag will that have for the economy moving forward? And are the markets taking this into consideration? At least today, the market seems to be shrugging this off. And perhaps it's also they're hoping for maybe more signs of more support or words of encouragement from the Federal Reserve in the U.S. and the ECB in Europe when they do their policy decisions tomorrow. Right. OK, well, you like this stock. We talk about it very often and uh, their profits, the Q1 net profits, were nice and strong. AEM. Yes, AEM. And the reason I'm bringing this up is, is, is not because I, 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 I favor this stock, but two things. AEM is one of the three most heavily traded offers on the SGX today. They're just behind the likes of Singtel and DBS. Usually these two stocks uh, occupy the number one and number two position. But AEM, not too far behind them, about $39 million in value turnover. What's more interesting, I think, is the fact that the stock has surged today. AEM shares have jumped by 8.2%, Clarissa, and now worth $2.36 a piece. And nothing like a good old-fashioned earnings release or impressive report card to make the parents, or in this case, the investors, happy. AEM's first quarter net income, which they reported last night, surged to $36.1 million Singapore dollars. How good is that compared to the first quarter of 2019? Well, this is almost six times six times the profit they made in the first quarter of 2019. And they also reported that revenues more than doubled because of increased orders for tools, consumables, and services. They sold about 147 million Singapore dollars, which came into their revenues or their top lines also. Keep in mind, AEM is one of the biggest, uh, is, is a notable supplier of advanced chip testing solutions. If you make microchips and semiconductors and you need certain equipment to test them, AEM is one of your guys. Um, they have actually raised the revenue guidance for the year to about 360 to 380 million Singapore dollars. And this, despite the fact that the COVID-19 pandemic continues to pose challenges for manufacturers, assemblers, and other various supply chains. They say that, uh, that they're still expecting things to actually pick up because one thing that's really been resilient and seen an, uh, an uptick in demand because of the COVID-19 pandemic are microchips are semiconductors, which are part of data centers, which are part of computers, PCs. Who thought PCs would come back during this time, but everyone's buying a new PC while they're staying at home, 
while they're working at home. And guess what? If you are a chip maker that needs to supply these, you need more testing solutions, and that bodes well for AEM. Will they be able to sustain this moving forward? And could there be other sh- uh, shocks to them? One of the big shocks, perhaps, for AEM, or one of the big questions moving forward is, if demand continues to pick up, can they keep up with this demand? And what happens if we suddenly see a recovery or a return to normal when folks and people across the world are allowed to go back out and, uh, and socialize, allowed to go back to work? Will this actually see a sudden decline in demand for AEM? Those are all questions that any company will have to ask, especially after a good report card. But nevertheless, you have to take your hat off to AEM. Six times more profits than they made at this point last year. That's a good beat. All right. Yeah, it is. I, I can't imagine anybody in AEM right now being unhappy with that result. <laughs> not, not at all. And this is not because we're biased towards them at all. It's just that they keep on putting out some of these impressive numbers. The question we'll have to ask is, can they sustain this moving forward? But again, as you know, markets never really satisfy. The question is always, can you top this? Can you maintain this moving forward? But for now, let's give them a, maybe a pat on the back for doing quite well. Yeah, they get the good boy award for the day. Now, yeah. another Good Boy Award might be going to Comfort Delgro, not because of their stellar performance on the stock market or their earnings report, but because they have pivoted and now they're going to be delivering food. That's true. And I bring this up also because at the close on Tuesday, and when we were talking about markets yesterday, we, uh, the, the odds look towards... Uh, the odds seem to favor the STI falling into the red, but they actually managed to eke out small gains, close in the green. And one of the big outperformers yesterday was Comfort Delgro, who saw their shares surge by about 6%. No real explanation, because as we know, Comfort Delgro continues to subsidize their cabbies through waiving the uh, rental, uh, rental fees for their cabs. But now the question is, if the demand for transport has gone down because many people are, are staying at home, many people are sheltering in place, or... Are, are observing, hopefully, um, fastidiously, the uh, circuit breaker measures, what can Comfort Delgro actually do? Well, they pivoted, and they said that they have launched a dedicated food and beverage delivery service called Comfort Delivery. Yet another example of Comfort Delgro perhaps challenging or stepping up to some of the, uh, some of the upstarts like Grab Food, Food Panda also. And they've actually said that food F&B outlets can now sign up for an account on Comfort Delgro's taxi to have immediate access to a fleet of 10,000 cabs. So this delivery, though, will not be 24 hours. They say the, the daily deliveries will be scheduled between 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. in the evening. And they said this is to support the group's taxi drivers during the pandemic and also the ongoing circuit breaker period to make sure that they have some income uh, uh, coming in. Keep in mind, too, that Comfort Delgro the other day said that because they're extending the fee waivers for the cabbies or the daily uh, rental fees for the cabbies in terms of renting the uh, taxis, that could increase, that could see their expenses uh, devoted to supporting the cabbies increase by 17 million Singapore dollars. So, in any, uh, so both Comfort Delgro, the, cab, the cabbies who rent their taxis, they're both in the bind and they both have to find a win win situation to make sure that they can accelerate or increase business. And it seems that Comfort Delgro said, hey, you know what? If people are ordering, let's just do that. Let's sign up. And the cabs, and you know, any business at this point, it just really matters. And, uh, and this is what they're charging. One quick um, item or detail here, deliveries. We'll be charged a distance-based rate starting, though, at $6.50 uh, per trip. And, uh, and if, if cabbies have two drop-off locations, a single booking will pay a discounted rate starting at $8.50. So there are some additional uh, uh, charges that you'll have to factor in, and I suggest you guys go to Comfort Delgro and look at the Comfort, uh, Comfort Delivery um, 
site on their website actually to see what the terms are. But this is something they're trying to get into also while we're trying to shore up business during the COVID-19 circuit breakers. All right. Well, one of the hot stocks, and you can tell us how it's doing today, that made me giggle when you pointed it out to me, is uh, IX Biopharma and how well they're doing because of Australia. Why did you giggle? Anyway, you can answer that later on. Um, I think it's obvious why I giggled. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's also possible because of the stock surge, because any gains of this magnitude will make anybody giggle, especially if you're holding IX Biopharma shares. The stock price has jumped by 18.4%. That's a surge driving it to 29 cents apiece. So who exactly is IX Biopharma? They are a pharmaceutical company here in Singapore that's based and listed in Singapore, but have extensive uh, uh, operations out in Australia. And they specialize in therapeutics and delivery systems for medicine and also focus quite a bit on pain, on, on pain relief, pain management for patients. Well, here's what's really driving IX Biopharma up. Out in Australia, they have now secured a supply agreement with a company called Panatrek Medical, Medical to supply Sativa to Australia with an X, Sativa that is. Now, this sativa is basically a freeze-dried sublingual medical cannabis wafer produced by IX Biopharma. And the supply agreement says that this company will be able to start supplying and distributing these medical cannabis wafers to uh, pharmacies across Australia uh, uh, in in the very, very near future. Now, keep in mind that cannabis is also also regarded as an illegal substance here in Singapore, but a lot of uh, countries across the world have started to relax um, uh, and started to uh, just reevaluate whether or not they can use cannabis as forms of medical treatment, especially for patients who are suffering from uh, severe pain or discomfort, especially cancer patients, for instance. Basically, this sativa that's supplied by IX Biopharma will be prescribed by medical practitioners to patients through the special access scheme and authorized prescriber pathway and, uh, and administered by uh, authorities out in Australia. Canatrek Medical, which is, their, which is the uh, distributor, is fully owned by Canatrek Limited, which is a medical cannabis enterprise uh, with a national distribution network in Australia. So it seems that this product by IX Biopharma, these um, medical cannabis wafers, have found a very strong and very big distribution net- network down under. And, uh, and uh, this could easily uh, provide a lot of uh, uh, support and also a booster for their earnings if this proves to be a very viable and strong growth sector that they can exploit. IX Biopharma, as we mentioned today, up by more than 18% and easily one of the best performing stocks and a hot stock here in Singapore, and for good reason. Well, good for them. I, you know, it, it's medical stuff. It's, it's it, again, we've been looking at uh, medical stocks, medical related stocks, and they've all, in general, been performing quite well over the last few months. Mm-hmm. Yes, and also just to note that though we saw manufacturing start to wobble here in Singapore, one of the few stalwarts, and we've identified this over the last year and a half too is that one of the few growth sectors that's seen resilience and also uh, decent uh, signs of uh, sustainable growth is the biopharmaceutical sector here in Singapore. In fact, uh, a number of companies before the COVID-19 pandemic hit said that they are looking to hire more people and expand some of their operations here in Singapore. This could be one of those growth uh, vectors or growth industries for the future when taking uh, taking stock of where the Singapore economy can take itself five to 10 years down the road. And as we've seen also, in, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of pharmaceutical stocks, biotech stocks have also surged recently because they've seen 
uh, demand for some of their products, some of their some of their medicines, also in terms of pain management and in terms of helping uh, treat COVID nineteen patients. Also, seems IX Biopharma just another one of these uh, these folks, and just goes to show that COVID nineteen testing isn't the only uh, hot game in town when you evaluate the medical sector right now. Well, it just goes to show our parents weren't wrong when they said we should have, you know, gone to med school. No. Yeah. Well, my, my mom gave up on me when I was there. Oh, did she really? <laughs> yeah. My, my, I, I have a tendency, I have a way of making my parents uh, surrender. Surrender? All parents yeah. surrender at some point because you're dealing with terrorists when you have children. <laughs> No, no, no. Your issues at home with your kids, maybe you should leave them there. <laughs> All right. This has been Market View on Money FM with JP Ong. I'm Clarissa Montero. JP will be back on primetime with all the latest numbers and news. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.